time for Lickin' On Lending. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. Welcome to Lickin' On Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news, all related to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call in line is 646-716-4972. Now here's your host of Lickin' On Lending, David Lickin. Let's begin. Welcome everybody, November 18th, 2019. What's special about this day? It's my wife's birthday. I told her I never thought I'd be married to someone as old as you. She told me this morning, I never thought I'd be married to an old man like you. So we're having some fun around birthdays. So happy birthday to my wife, Nancy. Anyway, welcome to the podcast, everybody. This podcast has been created, is created, will always be created by mortgage professionals. It sometimes shows up the way we do it. It's created by mortgage professionals. It is for mortgage professionals and some real estate professionals and builders. And we're grateful to have you as our listener. What's really interesting is we're getting college students listening to this that are interested in finance. We're really here for you mortgage professionals and real estate professionals that want to learn more and gain more. Again, our commitment is to bring you timely information in an audio format that you can listen to anytime and anywhere. Today's hot topic. I've got someone on that I just thoroughly enjoy getting to know. Very excited he's here. His name is Pete Gabrione. He's Chief Operating Office for Midwest Equity Mortgage, based up in Chicago. He's a frustrated Bears fan, but we're not going to be talking about football. We're going to be talking about mergers and acquisitions. And he's been on both sides of this, and we're really going to get into it. We're going to talk about some of the challenges that are involved. What was his motivation for selling the company? And now he stayed with the company, and now they're in acquisition mode. So they were a seller. Get that perspective. Now he's a buyer. And we're going to get that perspective. So great hot topic segment coming up later in the program. Also, I want to say a special thank you to our friends at the Industry Syndicate. We're honored to be a part of that. You can check out all the podcasts at industrysyndicate.com. Let's get into thanking our sponsors. Again, a great thank you to our sponsors, the Mortgage Bankers Association of America, who we partner with. They help us so much get information out. If you're not a member of Mortgage Action Alliance, be sure to go to their website and get signed up. Have your voice heard. You do not need to be a member of the NBA. However, you should be. As well as Black Knight, who has developed an actionable intelligence platform to deliver data that drives growth and reduces cost. Go to blackknightinc.com. Also, Open Mortgage, leading buyer reverse mortgage loans and home with some of the top LOs in the country. They also got a really good marketing department. Tana and Zeb, oh my gosh, Zeb is a hoot. You just got to get to see what they do on their uh, on the market. They do a great job. Also, our friends at Finaster, I'm doing two webinars this week. One is for the ABA, and the other one is for the CIBA, and we're going to be doing that this week, talking about leadership. I showed Andy Shell. You know, if you had a doctor in your midst, you might as well show some of the slides to get his approval. He thought that some of the content was pretty cool, so we're excited to be doing that. On behalf of Finastra, they have the Fusion Mortgage Bot Solution that automatically addresses compliance issues, one of Alice's favorite topics, while delivering enhanced borrower satisfaction while increasing productivity. Personally, I love that, but I really love their mobile app, their POS, MortgageBot POS. Also, ResX Warehouse Lending, a division of United Bank, as well as Lenders One and the Mortgage Collaborative. Both of these co-ops create competitive advantages for both lenders and vendor members. Encourage you to check out both of them. 
Also, we're pleased to be a part of the CMLA, which is the Community Mortgage Lenders of America, as well as Velma, KnowledgeCoop, Vidyard, AI Assist, and of course, I want to say a special thank you to those that bring some outstanding content, Alice, Andy, Alan, and Joe. Appreciate you being here, listeners, all the way through. Let's get over to Rob Van Raphorst with this week's MBA Mortgage Minute. Rob? Hi, I'm Rob Van Raphorst. Welcome to the Mortgage Minute and the latest news from the Mortgage Bankers Association. Last week, HUD released its annual report detailing the financial condition of the FHA Mutual Mortgage Insurance Fund. The capital ratio increased from 2.76 to 4.84% in FY 2019. The FHA forward portfolio is also performing well with a 5.44% capital ratio and low delinquency rates. However, the HECM program, which is experiencing a dramatic improvement, remains a drag on the health of the combined fund. Its portfolio stands at a negative 9.2% capital ratio with a capital position of negative $5.9 billion. Also last week, FHFA published its latest semi-annual credit risk transfer progress report. The report outlines the current state of the GSE's CRT programs, which reduce the GSEs and ultimately taxpayers' exposure to mortgage credit risk. The report noted that the GSEs combined to transfer risk on single-family loans with $281 billion in unpaid principal balance in the first half of 2019. That's it for this week. Thanks for joining me. Good job, Rob. Appreciate you taking time. You know, he gets up early, puts together this recording, and then sends it off to us so we can get it out to you. So a special thank you to Rob Van Raphorst with this week's Mortgage Minute. Let's get over to Les Parker, see what music parody he has. He and Gary Cantrapone team up to put out a really uh, informative and entertaining piece. Let's get over to this week's Mac Review of the Markets. Les TM Spotlight Soundbites is brought to you by Amesworth Advisors. Oh, bears, they want to have fun. Oh, bulls, just want to have fun. So who wants to have fun? Bears or bulls? Bonds or stocks? U.S. or China? The trend remains bearish, but low volatility enabled by the G4 central banks continues to stop traders from having fun. Traders may sulk as the 10-year Treasury note yield trades boringly between 191 and 172. But the mortgage market won't. Call centers will call consumers. Loan officers will call on realtors. When the workday is done, borrowers want to have fun. These views are my own. Go to tmspotlight.com to subscribe to my daily newsletter. Yeah, I like that. Good job. That's a lively little tune. Anyway, Les, thanks so much. Gary Kentrabone, you rock, dude. Yeah, check out Les's free newsletter on what's going on in the capital markets and the global markets. It's really good information. TMSpotlight.com. It's free. There's a paid version. You get even more information, but check out the free version. Subscribe to it. Joe Farr, good to have you here with us this fine day. What's going on in the market? Hey, uh, Dave. We start out today. Uh, we're starting out up a little bit. We've been up higher. We're right now we're up four thirty seconds on the day. The MBS prices are. Yeah, there was some reaction this morning to you know pessimism from China about the trade deal, and it came out early enough to where it affected Dow futures, pushed them down lower. But you know, as of right now, not much of a reaction. Uh, the stock market's about flat, just up slightly. And uh, as I mentioned, the MBS prices are up a little bit, so not a big reaction. This morning, Dave, the housing market index was released. This is the home builders. 
it didn't move MBS prices, but it did show that home builders, you know, remain pretty confident. It showed that yeah, the, level, the level of current sales is good and that traffic is good and that future sales are expected to be good. So, you know, an optimistic report from the home builders. This was the second best reading of the year. Last month was the best, so we've gone uh, two very good months from the home builders. Last week, Dave, it was a good week for mortgage rates. The week prior to last had been a bad one, so this kind of offset that one. Again, growing concerns about uh, China, the phase one deal maybe not being as secure as certainly China thought it was more done than Trump did, so it's causing some disruptions right now. Yeah, the concern about it was good for MBS prices and mortgage rates. For the week, MBS prices improved 30 basis points. So did the stock market, though. That was a bit of a surprise. Stocks ended up the week over 300 points higher to another record high. The economic data that came out last week, Dave, didn't do too much to affect mortgage rates. CPI and PPI came out, but consumer price index and producer price index, they both show that inflation remains tame. Retail sales showed that the consumer spent a little less in October than expected, and Fed Chairman Powell testified before Congress, but really didn't say anything new. He just reiterated what he has been saying over the last couple of weeks, and that is the Fed's not planning to make another rate change anytime soon unless the economy does not perform as they expect it to. So, Now, looking at the week ahead, as has been the case, we're going to be driven by trade headlines. There are a couple additional reports on the housing industry being released this week. Housing Starts comes out tomorrow and existing home sales on Thursday. Both are expected to show an increase in October over September. In the past, the minutes have had an effect on the market, but I just can't imagine that the minutes of the October Fed meeting are going to show anything new. So I I doubt when they come out on Wednesday that they're going to have much of an effect. The economic data coming out on Friday maybe has a chance to. The PMI composite flash comes out. That's an early look at manufacturing and servicing activity. And it comes out at 9.45 Friday. And and if those are uh, very big misses, it could be market moving. And then we'll get the final reading of consumer sentiment. Uh, this is the second report. Kind of first report came out on the 8th of November. This one's ex- expected to be pretty much the same as what the first one was. So if it is, I doubt there'll be much reaction to that report. So that's it, Dave. Well, there is a lot of information flowing out there. Kind of interesting about the, the builders being encouraged. That that they are that was positive. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, the confidence, that's really, really good. China, well, what can you say? One tweet can change everything. Back and forth, back and forth. It's a game of negotiations. Appreciate you that being here so each true. and every week. Hope you participate. You've been involved in some pretty major M&A transactions. Can't wait to have you involved with us on this. So, okay. Good job. Appreciate it much. Thanks, Dave. Yeah, I look forward to it. Let's get over to Scott Gordon of Open Mortgage with the Science of Sales. Scott Gordon here with a bit of sales science. Last time, I gave you the three essential elements your story needs. Those elements should always lead to a worthy lesson so your story has a truth or purpose. Remember, if there's no purpose, there's no story. Today, let's examine the first essential element your story needs, a relatable hero. Sounds cliche, but a relatable hero is necessary. It's hardwired into our DNA to respond to a story's hero. And what's important here is he must be relatable. One of the worst things you can do is create a hero that is unrelatable. Think Superman. Superman's popularity has struggled in the eyes of the public. Why? 
Why? Because he's too perfect. His physical powers are godlike. But that's not what makes him unrelatable. It's his moral perfection. Think about it. Who wants to hang out with that guy? Nobody. We all want to be him, but we know we can't, so he's unrelatable. Give me Batman. That guy has some issues, but don't we all? That's the difference, and it shows. In recent decades, Superman has become more human, and his popularity has risen. The hero in your story can be you, or your company, or a customer. One of the most effective strategies is to combine these heroes. For example, tell a story to a borrower where the relatable hero is a borrower that is forced with a difficult situation that he or she must overcome, and it is only by your assistance that the borrower achieves his or her ultimate goal of home ownership. This dynamic will make your customers feel that, with your assistance, they can be the hero in their own story. If it sounds too good to be true, it's not. It's just the science of sales. That's so good. I love that science of sales. And I got to add one story to that real quickly. And it had to do, I do a lot of executive coaching now. And in fact, it's interesting, consulting, executive coaching, there's more coaching coming up than anything else. I absolutely love it. But one of the clients I had was working, telling me how he, uh, there's a lot to the story and I'll just abbreviated to this, but he said he was really lost his why. He was ready to get out of the industry. And I said, you lost your why. How'd you get into business? He told me how he got in his business and it's really inspirational. And I said, you know, your homework between now and the time we talk next is I want you to go out and attend a closing. And what Scott was talking about all the way through the struggle, the hero and what happened there, it was so moving because when he went to this first closing, and asked him, I said, now, when you go to these closings, you know, it's really connecting you with what this is all about, getting homeowners into homes. And so he went to the first closing and they saw two people finishing up signing documents and stuck his head in and introduced himself. He didn't realize the husband was in a wheelchair and they were signing documents. As soon as they finished, he politely introduced himself and he says, what does closing on this home mean to you? But he pushed back from the table and that's when he realized, oh my gosh, this guy doesn't have any legs. Lost his legs, as the, the veteran explained. He says, I lost my legs in, in Afghanistan. And he said, I you know, thought, my, what kind of woman wants to marry a half of, be married to half of a man? So I told my wife, she needs to divorce me and go find another guy. And got into PSTD or whatever that is, the the, 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 yeah, that, you know what I'm going to say. And he had emotional issues, all kinds of started drinking, screwed up his credit. But it was his wife finding a loan officer, this guy's loan officer, and then he starts getting emotional. The veteran starts getting emotional, and he says, my wife believed in me, helped me through all of this, and she found this loan officer who helped us overcome our credit issues, my stupid mistakes, and helped us get into this. I feel, sir, like I got my life back because of what your loan officer working with my wife they got us into our home, and I feel like I got my life back. And you know, those kind of stories are just really touching. So uh, I think, you know, for nothing else, go out and find out what's your story. Find something special. Find the hero. Find the villain. Find the struggle. Tell it. It's really powerful. It changed his way. By the way, after going to that one closing, he said, 
I'm back. I want to stay in this industry. I want to make a lot of difference in people's lives. I love those stories. That's why I'm in this business, and that's why I stay in it 45 years in this business. And I'm loving it, and I love coaching these top executives. Anyway, speaking of top executive, we've got Alice Alvey here with us, a dear friend, my sister from another mister. She and her husband are dear, dear friends. She is CMB, Vice President of Education and Training at Union Home Mortgage, also known as Bill Cosgrove Mortgage, Bill and Al. And she's got this week's legislative update. Alice, good to have you here. Thanks, Dave. I love those types of stories because really, ultimately, that's why it's great to stay in this business because we know that what yeah. we do has value and, and and changes people's lives for the better. It's a great industry to be in. So part of that, so as uh, Rob Van Rappenhorst mentioned from the MBA early on, was that FHA did publish their actuarial report. And for those of you who don't like to read the 85-page report and prefer to just <laughs> listen to this short segment to get the cliff notes, <laughs> you hear that, okay, the fund is in great shape. And the first thing a good salesperson always thinks of is, great, does that mean the FHA MIP premiums are going to go down? And the answer is clearly not now no. and probably not for a while because the hidden messages in the report are, it's really startling to look at a couple of the charts that show FHA's DTI, uh, FHA share of loans uh, that are above DTI, you know, they they really have this Mm -hmm. huge ramp up of how much business they're taking that's uh, hitting that 50% DTI. And then at the same time, this ramp up of loans that are at a 620 credit score and below. So they talk about in the report that when you have three layers of risk, those loans have a three times greater likelihood of being on their early payment default list. So for those of you who are big advocates of, I think I love FHA manual underwriting, you really need to uh, take a good hard look at still applying some common sense underwriting to that because the report does glaringly show that although the fund is in good shape, there is some concern about the ramp up of the additional risk FHA has been taking. And if there's any market pressure, you know, in the coming year or, or so forth, then we could see some challenges with that. So based on the risk, it doesn't look like they're going to drop MIP premiums quickly here. So but we'll watch it. The other thing I wanted to just quickly throw in, Dave, since I have a couple more minutes, is just a big shout out to Marsha Davies at the Mortgage Bankers mm, Association. Yes. She is their chief operating officer, and she came out to our Union Home Women of UHM event that we had on Saturday. So this last week we had, for some partners, it was four days in downtown Cleveland at different events for our partners coaching partners in sales and in our operations leadership. They were there for many days. Then our entire company came out for our annual partner celebration, over a 1,000 people here in downtown Cleveland, and it was a fabulous world-class event. You would say, feel like you might have been out at like a Microsoft meeting, right? That's how high production this is. It was amazing. And part of our agenda was Marsha Davies speaking on the Empower event as well as we assembled a panel. So we had Barbara Marlowe who wrote the book, A Brave Face, as a guest speaker, Justice Judith French, who's on the Supreme Court of the state of Mm. Ohio, and Cindy Garza, who is one of our lead national sales managers. Uh, So for those of you who are like, I don't know how to put this together, how do I get this started? I would love to help. I would be happy to share with you how we pulled this event together so that we have speakers and panel discussions. And then, of course, Marsha Davies, just huge thank you. Her words are inspirational, whether you're male or female, anybody in the audience really had some great takeaways. So 
you can build this is my closing message, and we would be happy to help you. So that's yeah. my message for today, Dave. <laughs> yeah, that's so good. I just want – we can just both love on Marsha a little bit more. She is just amazing. What she's done is just amazing. And I talked to her husband, Scott, and we're going to have him on. I said, what happens for you guys that are married to powerful women? You know, if we got for developing powerful women executives, Alice, how do the guys, how do the husbands handle this? How do they support them? You know, I think that's just another part of it. So Scott says, I'll come on. Marcia said, that's a great idea. So we're working on getting that <laughs> scheduled after the first year. It'd be awesome. Appreciate you yeah. all so much for the awesome job of bringing us an update and kudos on your event. I tell you, those kind of things that Bill does, Bill and Al do there, are just outstanding. And it's a team. It's you and the whole team that does it. But it's really Bill says, yeah, I'm willing to pay the money. It's expensive to pay the money to do that. But it's worth every dollar. The return on that is incalculable. So tell Bill, proud of him, and uh, wish he and Al the best and the whole team. Appreciate you. Let's get over to Alan Pollack. Alan is here with this week's tech update for us. I thought of you, Alan, when I was in. I went to UWM this last week, and I got to tell you, sure. met with Matt Ishbia and the team, and I look at their technology. It is 600,000 square feet of 4,000 employees, 2,000 of which are underwriters, and how they have this organized, the technology, the systems, the excellence by which they execute Alan is nothing less than impressive, and what a great group of people. So I'm uh, going to be back up there working with them on some things, but I tell you, I love excellence. I they love just, how people use technology and do it and do it well. So, Yeah, they, they just ranked number one on J.D. Power, yeah. the study that came out. Yeah, no. So. If you go up there, anybody who can get in that facility and take a look at it, and you say, wow, they're grumbling. Why are they the best? They're, they do more production than the next 10 companies below them combined. And you wonder, is that going to be, is that a bubble? Is that going to be? Not if you saw that. He just went out and leased another 900,000 square feet across the street. They're growing. It's crazy. It's a really interesting story. Wow. The whole, the whole sure is. space is back, coming back. Anyway, let's talk about technology. What you got? Well, lots of fantastic things. You know, I, I, it's funny you mentioned earlier <laughs> that client that you're doing some executive coaching with. You know, the very first thing I want to talk about today, instead of a dry humor joke, I just wanted to remind everybody, and we talk about this, we work for the homeowner, right? We don't work for yeah. a technology provider or for a lender. That's, that's why right. we're in this business, and that's what we're doing, right? We we want to empower people to have the American dream or just to have a better life with financing options, but ultimately we work for the homeowner. So as long as we don't so forget true. that, our mission is clear, right? <laughs> and yep. we, all, we all should be getting along well. So anyways, a couple of good things. You know, last two weeks in a row, David, we bumped the MCT news. I think actually yes. this is a good week, yeah, good week to put bring it, it up. I heard from them. Why do you keep bumping that news? I mean, that's why you didn't pay for it. We can put it in there wherever we want. It's free. Be grateful. So anyway, they're good people. I love yeah, absolutely. Love so the company. So it's about technology adoption, and that's, and that's why it fits well today. You'll hear as we go through the segment a little bit. We can all agree that we experience a lot of rushed adoption, which leaves mm-hmm. us with what's so out true. there called digital fragmentation. Um, it hinders us. It causes issues and errors. And so that's what was, was interesting about MCT. So they've introduced something brand new called Investormatic and it's a diverse and inefficient method which to communicate, initiate, and accept loan bids and complete the whole loan sales between sellers and buyers. But what they've done is, listen, technology can do so much, they've created a certification process. These are the bullets of the things that MCT has done. They've 
It made faster pricing and commitment turn times, fully functional bid tape AOT delivery channels, their encryption of data in transit and at rest, real-time shadow bids and pricing, and bid tape mark-to-market pricing. But what intrigued me the most, I mean, these are areas, David, where we need to continue to spend technology, money and technology. But what they did is they created a process that includes the human element, which we always forget about, which is a certification process. So now they'll use their new technology to help certify correspondent investors at a bronze, silver, and gold level. It's a technology mm. certification, by the way, that will provide a handy reference to lenders on the experience that those correspondent lenders have so you can make better decisions when expecting to consider that relationship with a certain investor. And there's different reasons why we work with different correspondent investors. So very interesting. You know, It's just such an important topic to remember the human element to remember that there's people behind the technology process, and it's not just about building technology. And that brings me into a couple other parts of today. We're going to talk about the human element of tech in a minute. If you've read Crisman today, you'll notice there was a mention of a company called How's This and Property Tech. You know, we've heard about real estate tech. Property tech is a big deal. If you Google it, you'll see the next opportunity in property tech. They integrate to Zillow and Trulia. They've got an Amazon app, which is no big deal. But the biggest thing is that you can ask information about a certain zip code area or a certain property. And that's important as you're researching and looking for things. So how is this is new? It was mentioned in, uh, in his report today. And actually also in Chrisman's report last week, when you're talking about how humans interact with technology, Maxwell released a brand new thing called Quick Apply. And it's for their digital mortgage point of sale platform. But what it does is it gathers borrowers' information through all their different data providers and pre-populates that data together on the loan app, filling in, you know, as much as it can, employment information, income, real estate, financial assets, and you name it. So aggregation of data and this information is, is really important in the process. And so if you work with Maxwell, you want to check it out. If not, you want to look at Maxwell, go for it. It's called Quick Apply. And, okay. you know, J.D. Power just put out a study today, David, which is kind of interesting as we talk about the human element of technology We won't get into humanization of technology. There's an unbelievable article at entrepreneurial.com that I want to talk about. We'll talk about that next week so our spotlight guest can uh, have the most amount of time. But I'll tell you, J.D. Power just came out with their most recent report. They ranked uh, a number of the lenders in the industry. And I'm not going to go through which lenders came out on top. Quicken, obviously, was at the top. But they put out a bunch of points, but three I want to outline. The first one is a lot of the loan origination process is still managed manually via email and phone. And so the lion's share of customer interaction is occurring via email. Only 15% indicated using a mobile app. So we want to continue to enhance that. So if you're thinking about focusing on your borrowers, that's an important area. Second one was real-time status updates, keeping people in the know, keeping them up to date. Satisfaction scores on that JD Power survey were higher. And the very last one is uh, intermediaries negatively influence the experience. And the report mentioned when third parties get involved, whether it's a real estate agent, they did mention brokers. The point that I'm trying to make is that communication needs to be better across the board, and that's a borrower's aspect or the survey of how they responded. So human element of technology, humanization is extremely important as you continue to plan and work out your digital mortgage strategy. Very good. The digital mortgage strategy is one that is just coming at a rate that I'm not sure most people are prepared. If you're not using 
something like a Rooster 5 blend, you know, Maxwell up front, or all using all the technology, the, the cocktail of technologies that are out there and bringing the right ones together and truly getting them right. I, I really wonder how many are going to survive. I, it, it's that dramatic. You go, like, that's a little bit ridiculous. Well, go ask all the travel agents what happened to them. There are travel agents that still exist, yes, but they're very specialized, and they found a niche niche market too, that, that they serve. And uh, that's true. i got to tell you, it's it's going to be very, very different, and um, we're having a big debate with one of our clients here in Austin about this. I mean, how extensive is this going to be? Yeah. I do believe it's going to be pretty significant. I mean, it's kind you know, of getting on border. I'll leave you with just one, one quick thing, and I, I'll get into more of it next week if you'd like, but, you know, I'm involved in a couple different projects. One of them specifically, I'm noticing borrowers may not want to do certain things that we're forcing them to do. And we, we're so hung up on this digital process, and everything's got to go this new digital tech way. We're forgetting that not everybody's the same. And so we really need to find ways to support the different types of borrowers that we interact with. So good, Alan. Good job. Appreciate it. Want to talk to Alan, get a hold of him. You can get a hold of him, Alan, A-L-L-E-N, at TMS-Advisors. That's right. He's on our team. So thrilled. He's also at Open Close. He does a great job for them. Appreciate you, Alan, being here with this week's weekly tech update. Appreciate you, man. Speaking of technology, let's get over to Fiastra. I just want to call your attention to the mortgage bot, mobile. They also have the point of sale that that I think is probably one of the most powerful. People that are using it are saying it competes more effectively with other companies out there, one that has associated with a rocket. Go figure out which one that one is, hint, hint. And they say that it's really powerful and it's working with them. The way you can brand it around, you can fit it into around your brand, your fonts, your color schemes. It's really straightforward and answers your questions in a way that is just really solid. So check it out. Go to finastra.com. Look at the Mortgage Bot app. Call Dan Putney and any of his team to get signed up for an app demonstration. Very grateful to have them as advertisers. And for you bankers out there, sign up for the ABA webinar tomorrow afternoon or the ICBA, Independent Community Bankers Association webinar on Thursday. I'm looking forward to doing that presentation. Going to be doing lots of sharing of a lot of ideas. And one of those ideas I shared with Andy Shell, the profit doctor, and that's not just an expression. He has now got a PhD. So we're glad to have you here, Andy. Thanks, Dave. Happy to be here for sure. Good, so, good, good barbecue, and I was encouraged by what you you looked at some of my stuff on the five IQs that I'll be sharing with, and you go, oh, this is good. You need to trademark that. I like that. Thank you. No, it's very, very good. I, I very much liked the slides, the up and the down, and then the perspective of generational preferences. So that was also yes. very, very good. Yeah. So if you want to know what we're talking about, you got to sign up for his webinar. So, Dave, we were talking – well, today you're talking about – M&A with Pete. Yes. So I wanted to highlight some of that. Now, some of what I'm going to say is valuable. is not like Alice's public service announcement to uh, help all, <laughs> all of the employees of the company and all the women do yeah. better. So it's hard yeah. to follow um, what Alan said. So I'll be a little bit more technical, maybe not as technical as Alan. Well, PhD so gonna... should be technical. So we, that's, that's our expectation. Doctor so let me, let me jump into M&A. So the hot topic today is M&A, right. and so my topics yep. are on M&A. So first off, I'm just curious, Dave, do you have a crystal ball? Um, yeah, but it, it's got a lot of snow that flies. I shake it, it has snow in it, and a snowman. See, see that's, that's part of the challenge with M&A, is that a merger and acquisition transaction is looking into the future, future. but we're also yep. looking into the past, 
and then guessing about what could be. It's like we're looking for the pot of gold at the end of the runway. We're looking for the unicorns running around in the field or the, at the end of the rainbow. So looking for the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. So the, the challenge with any M&A transaction is uncertainty. Uncertainty is the, is the evil aspect of M&A. We hate uncertainty. Businesses hate uncertainty. Overcoming uncertainty is a significant challenge, and that's what we try to accomplish. And that's why accounting is so important in these types of events and in even preparing for a future potential might-happen M&A the way that we help reduce uncertainty is by having details, have lots of granular information that is used to help manage the business. Now, ultimately, a sustainable merger and acquisition transaction is like an arranged marriage. Notice, not just a marriage, it's like an arranged marriage. Sustainable M&As are like arranged marriage where the so family good. looks at the it's family true. dynamics, the life history, the culture, and then puts that all together but then the price of the M&A is driven by future profit. That's the thing that makes the money. Where does the money come from? Sustainability is about culture. Profitability is about the price. So profit measurement comes from accounting. And as we all know, accounting is the language of business. So you've got to have good accounting. So how to do this? Thinking about doing it in a year? What do you want to do? You want to position yourself for a good M&A? It's all about operational dynamics and financial performance. So a well-run organization is able to provide you know, expansive performance reports. How did you do? What's your turn time by, by um, underwriter? What's your app to close by originator? What's your fallout by branch? What's your fallout by originator? All this stuff is super important, along with low-level profitability. What's your profit by originator? What's your profit by branch? What's your profit by product? All this stuff you got to know. If you know all this stuff you're going to be a well-managed organization, and that's going to really help with an M&A transaction because the more you know about yourself, the more mm. easily the buyer can learn about you. And that's essential. That helps to minimize the uncertainty because you can show a buyer, hey, look, I have all these tracking reports. I've done all this process improvement. I have all this profitability. I manage branches by profitability. I know which ones are great. So if the more well-run a company is, the better the M&A transaction is going to be and the higher the price. So reducing uncertainty increases the price. Demonstrating stable revenue increases the price. Also, having robust governance, having somebody who watches. So when management is accountable to somebody, board of directors, board of advisors, whatever it is, the family get together once a month, whatever it is, accountability helps to drive performance, and helps to reduce uncertainty. Those are always really important. Now, here's the mistake people make. Rapidly increasing volume, adding a whole mess of branches, significantly changing up your operational design, all that increases uncertainty. And that will actually reduce the M&A price. That's bad. You don't, want to, you don't want to grow rapidly. You want to have a nice, steady pace and have really clean operations with good performance data. point ultimately is great accounting and operational performance reports will help in an M&A transaction. And the more the buyer knows, the more likely you are to have a price. If you can avoid a substantial uncertainty discount, your price will be higher. Those are just facts. That's how it is. That's how it works. It ultimately, it comes down yeah. to certainty and cash flows. And I stayed under four minutes. Paul will be excited. I watched my timer. He told all the speakers, <laughs> be sure to set your timer. Everybody stay under five minutes. 
And I did. I had a five minutes. Set your timer. You did it. Awesome job. And I might throw in when it comes to M&A, if you're looking to know what your company's worth, the profit doctor, he has more letters behind his name than he has letters in his name. He's a CPA, CFF, what else? PhD, MBA, MSML, and most importantly, CMB, certified mortgage banker. Banker, yes. And now PhD. So very good. That's my more. I always love teasing you. More letters behind your name that's in your name. Anyway, good job. Appreciate that. We're going to add that on our show next week. We cover that. Appreciate it, Andy. <laughs> if you want to get a hold of more wisdom, Andy does do some. Uh, that, that's the only person we refer to when it comes to evaluations. What your company's worth. It's Andy Shell and Chuck Klein. They do a great job. Chuck does a lot of M and A. Give him a shout out. He does a great job as well. So a lot of activity in that. This ends this week's weekly update with our regulars. Now you just stay tuned because we're going to get right into the hot topic segment. But if you're listening to this program on a downloaded basis, you'll now find that we cut this off and then we start another program. Appreciate you being here and listening to another podcast from Liquid on Lending. Hope you have a great week. A special thank you to our sponsors, Black Knight, Open Mortgage, Finastra, MBA, Lenders One, The Mortgage Collaborative, CMLA, The Velma, as well as KnowledgeCoop and Vidyard and AI Assist. Folks, thanks so much for being here and being a part of the podcast this week. Share it with others. Look forward to having you back here next week. You've been listening to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin' of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us next week, and thanks for listening.